Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. Thank you for joining us for this half hour. Now, let's talk. Welcome to the program. You are listening to Let's Talk on WISR 680 AM 107.5 FM. I'm Tyler Frio. Let's Talk, of course, a half hour where we sit down and chat with businesses and organizations from around the Butler community, and that's exactly what we are doing today. Our guest today is Terry Kaiserman of the Butler Coffee Lab, making his debut here on the show, and we're very excited. We'll get to Terry in just a moment, but again, running down the list of ways that you can listen to us, of course, on the air at 680 AM and 107.5. FM. We stream online, WISR680.com, and there is where you can download our mobile app and take us wherever you may be and on the run. And if you can stick around for the full half hour, we invite you to check out our website and under the programs page, you can find Let's Talk, look up the Butler Coffee Lab, and you can check out anything you miss because I think we're going to have a very interesting conversation because I'm very excited about this. It's exactly what it sounds like. We're talking coffee here on Let's Talk. Terry, Thanks for stopping by and welcome to the show. Tyler, thank you so much. So you've brought some of the product in here uh, and I'm very excited about this. I'm, I'm a coffee guy. I love coffee, especially as somebody that gets up early in the morning. So we're gonna get into all that in the first place, but maybe if you could just explain overall uh, for our listeners exactly what the Butler Coffee Lab is. So Butler Coffee Lab was uh, designed to be able to create very good coffee in a single serve pod but to give back to the community at the same time. To employ uh, disabled individuals, we try to get 75% of our employees to be in that category, only for the fact that they need to earn money just like the rest of us. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to make the best product that we could make, but we wanted to make it so that machines would be basically hand done as opposed to uh, automated and okay. that would allow us to employ more individuals okay yeah so when you when folks hear pod this is obviously something that's relatively new in the coffee community exactly what is a coffee pod well everybody knows Keurig mm -hmm. right so this all started with Keurig Keurig is now off patent okay so that's why you see so many people putting out individual you know single serve pods mm. so basically what we've done and in, uh, in my past life in one of my other businesses I did some work with Keurig uh, as a consultant, okay. and uh, we learned a lot about it, and I've admired Keurig for a lot of years because they came up with a delivery system that is very unique, and they have the majority in this country. Nespresso has a majority in Europe, but in this country, Keurig is really the best. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to the starting point here with this, because I, I find it to be a very unique idea and concept. So as you're going around, how does this idea come to fruition? So my wife and I, she sold her business, Butler Technologies, mm -hmm. and I sold one of my businesses. And we said, what do we do before we leave the planet to give back a legacy, a way to help people? My wife's daughter and my stepdaughter, Tess, uh, has cerebral palsy. She's been disabled for a while. And she inspired us to try to be better and try to give back. She has a heart that's unbelievable. And you'll find most of the people that are in that category, and I hate to label individuals, mm -hmm. right? Whether they're challenged or disabled, I, you don't even know the right word to say anymore, right? Mm -hmm. But those individuals are caring human beings, just like you and me. And what they wanna do is have a day that they can enjoy, be happy, be fruitful, not just sit mm -hmm. and not just vegetate. So we said, well, why don't we see if we can open up a, a coffee shop? So we went down to Brother Andre's at the Epiphany Church in Pittsburgh. Okay. And we said, well, 
this is a great idea. They started it, you know, for the disabled. And we emailed them, emailed them again, <laughs> emailed them a third time, didn't hear anything. So we said, well, maybe it's just not in the cards for us to start a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. So as we noodled this, you know, a way to give back, we said, well, we want a good cup of coffee and we can't find a good cup of coffee now. And we drink from, you know, we drink Keurig just about every day, okay. right? Now we drink Butler Coffee Lab every day, you know, <laughs> hot pots. So we decided, why don't we take the knowledge that we have with a direction that seems to be in our path and let's go ahead and start making some pods. So we started making some pods. We started trying all the different roasts around and we happened to run across an infrared roasted product that is unbelievable. It's, uh, it's smooth, it's strong, there's no bitter taste at the end of it. So then we experimented with different particle size to see what would be the best to come through. And we said, you know what, this coffee's good enough. We should share it with friends. We shared it with friends and family they said, you know, this is pretty good. I said, hmm, maybe we should start this business. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's an opportunity to give back at the same time as making a good product. So that's how we started the whole thing. So you mentioned earlier that you were a consultant uh, in your career. How did you line up and what exactly type of consulting work did you do for Keurig? So I, I actually worked with a different company and we were doing some work with Keurig on some products, okay. right? So I, have a, I still have a company in New York. Uh, we have two companies there uh, that we have not sold yet, that <laughs> we, we still are operating. So we invent patent and license. Mm. So there was a particular patent that we were working on. Uh, we were fortunate enough to uh, get hooked up with Keurig and we did some work in their lab and it was wonderful. I mean, they're, they're wonderful human beings and they've got a great product. So what made you lean into the pod aspect of it as opposed to just straight up coffee? We were trying to look at this area and say, well, we don't want to compete with Cummings. You know, Gary's a, he's a good man mm -hmm. uh, and it's great, great product. It's good coffee. Uh, yeah, vintage <laughs> or pennies. We, you don't need another coffee shop. Mm -hmm. We said, what's lacking here? Well, nobody's doing single serve pod packing. So we're more than happy to get into that business private label for individuals with their coffee or with ours or whatever ingredient they want because mm -hmm. what we're trying to do is be more than just a coffee company so we're adding cinnamon freshly ground cinnamon we're adding peppers like ghost pepper or scotch bonnet pepper right uh, cayenne we're changing what we think is the taste of coffee to to give you more options there's mushrooms that we're adding to it uh, we have honey it goes into the lemon. So we're trying to be more than just a straight up coffee company. Mm -hmm. Allow people to take this home and really brew a good, strong cup. No, it's, it's fascinating. Again, we're here with Butler Coffee Lab. Terry Kaiserman is the founder of it. You had mentioned uh, why you decided to go with the nonprofit aspect of it. What are the, ch maybe challenges is, is, is the incorrect term, but when, when you're starting this process, what makes you go that route you know you mentioned giving back to the community but as as somebody that is overseeing the business you know why was that a passion of yours so firstly i started this with my wife nadine tripodi just to let you know that we're both 50 50 on this <laughs> uh, the reason we went with nonprofit was because it's not that you don't make a profit but it's that you can give it back mm -hmm. we wanted to be able to allow our knowledge to grow 
to not be a for-profit company, not because we're against profit, we're not against profit, mm -hmm. but we wanted to make sure that we could register as a 501c3, which it, we're in process of doing now. We can also, um, that will allow us to get grants and other things to grow our company mm -hmm. as time goes on. So again, we're here with Terry Kaiserman, Butler Coffee Lab, and you just uh, told me before we hopped on air, you guys will have a physical location, correct? We have a physical location now. Actually, we took our first order yesterday, <laughs> right? So I'm carrying the $10 around with me right now that I'm gonna frame. Um, we, we are open right to the public and we are, we will have our website up hopefully tomorrow the okay. only thing we lack is all of our shipping information but once that's in place we should go live and so uh the idea uh behind it families individuals businesses is it kind of open for all it's open for all okay but the whole idea is to be able to employ individuals that have challenges you can't say special needs anymore mm -hmm. you've got to say disabled or uh, people with barriers to employment. So whatever category it is or whatever label you want to put on them, we're all those people. Mm -hmm. You know, whether the infirmity that I have, you know, which is, you know, heart disease or diabetes or whatever it is, right? We all have something that's a challenge for us to live through. Mm -hmm. So whether it's, uh, you know, asthma, you know, lung conditions, uh, bad knees, everybody has something. Everybody's a little disabled, mm -hmm. right? So our idea is to be able to give the opportunity for them to earn an income. And we're starting everybody at 15 an hour, which is high according to this area, but it's not high enough, right, to mm -hmm. me. But if we give back every day in their paycheck, as well as at the end of the year, and then donate to that community, we've done it. So we're walking the walk. And I think you, you make a great point about the idea for these folks to get out there and be a part of something. I've got right. relatives who also have their challenges, but they get out there and they can really, I mean, provide a great service to the community and do great work, which I think is a very inspirational thing that you guys are doing. So for, you know, finding these folks and individuals, how do you guys go about that process? So Tyler, let me tell you a story. <laughs> We're here at the Butler Arts Center. Great, great group of people. Four challenged individuals came up to us and asked us for a job. It brings tears to your eyes when you when you hear the stories that they went through. They can't work at the moment. They need to work. They want to augment their income. They're on Social Security disability. It's just not enough for them. They want to buy gifts, you know, for their nieces and nephews or family. They want to give back. I ran across also a lady. Her name is Kayla, and she's a trained artist. She graduated in fine art, met her at the... Butler Art Center. She is a tremendous artist. She got in a car accident. She had severe brain trauma. She has it. She's a wonderful human being. What she did was she donated to the Salvation Army and she saw somebody wearing her shoes on the street and it just, she started crying because she mm. felt so good that she gave to somebody in need. That kind of feeling is throughout this community. So why not, why not help them to give back? That's the whole opportunity. Well, I thought it was also notable uh, when the Arts Center reopened uh, back in late March. You guys were there. What's the connection for you guys, and why did you want to be a part of the reopening of the Arts Center? The Arts Center needs to be supported by this, this area. The Arts Center is full of very good people, all volunteer in their own time. Nobody gets a paycheck. They're trying to make it um, 
I believe that they do a great service, you know, for this community. In addition to that, they wanted to have some event there, which we paid for, mm. in order for them to get some donation money so they could pay for the electric and they could pay for the rent and anything else that they want to do. So they need help. Anyone wants to donate to the Art Center, please feel free. If all goes well, we're going to have an art show for the community that we're servicing, hopefully before the end of the year. So that'll allow the disabled community to have a special art show there mm. so that we can give first, second, third prize, and they can earn some money. But at the same time, we can get even different art for the labels. You can't see it, yeah. but <laughs> all of our K-Cups have labels going around it, not just on the top. Yeah, and I think that's a really cool thing. And actually, it kind of reminds me of the, uh, uh, the the craft beer industry in terms of all these unique labels that you see on yeah. a, you know, a, a craft beer. It's kind of what you guys are creating. It's it's craft coffee uh, of sorts where there's unique labels. So I know, again, we've got we're on radio, but this is where we get paid to, to describe exactly what's on the labels here. So let's talk about a little of the artwork here that are on these K-Cups or on these cups, I got to get that right, because these are very unique art. So we have a, a local artist named Liz Ford, brilliant graphic artist, met her at the Art Center. She designed our first grouping of labels. Uh, there, are, there are labels that we believe are just generic, but what we're hoping for is people like Kayla will give us different art. So as time goes on, being that this is just a canvas, mm -hmm. all we have to do is change the canvas. So we'll have a limited edition. This is about 5,000 uh, prints of labels on okay. this. And then the next grouping will be a limited, maybe five or 10,000, and then we'll do others. Okay. So we want to be able to take the art from local artists, put it on here and allow them to earn some money but also to have some notoriety. Well, and I think getting back to your giving back aspect of the business, there's the giving back to the group of folks who you're looking to help and those being the challenge. But I also think giving back is a cultural thing too to the Butler community. And that to me is filling, fulfilling that mission. Absolutely. We're trying to walk the walk. Mm -hmm. It's not easy being a nonprofit. It's our first foray into that field because we've been a for-profit company and all my other businesses. Mm -hmm. It's a little different mindset. But it's a good mindset. What challenges are there whenever you start a nonprofit? Well, first of all, the challenges are to get all your registrations proper, to get your board of directors in place, make sure you have your DNO insurance, make sure that everything that you do matches up to what your mission is. And mm -hmm. the mission statement is very, very critical. And our mission statement is we want to employ individuals out of the disabled community first. We want to make coffee second. Mm. So even though we're paying the profits out on a daily basis, right, to the individuals through their paycheck, we also want to have enough left to be able to give back at the end of the year and also to start another location, right, two or three locations. If we can be the hub, can I just tell you my fantasy? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So we have, a, we have an idea of being a hub and spoke model. So we've invested all this money to, to get the, the hub together all of the raw materials, hundreds of thousands of cups in stock, lots of tea, lots of coffee. So we have all the inventory ready to go and we're starting, and we're actually filling the pots. So we believe that other locations that have individuals, right, that are disabled, but still are capable of making this, they can start it for a very small amount of money and pull off our inventory. So they're immediately profitable. And then another one opens and another one opens and we can help people learn how to fish 
right? Instead mm-hmm. of just giving them a fish, right? Yeah. So you know that one. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's uh, quite unbelievable. So in terms of locations, we talked about the East Cunningham Street location. Is there a different location in where this production and process happens? Production and process will only be at Cunningham. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Again, we are here with Terry Kaiserman, Butler Coffee Lab. Uh, how did you uh, go with the name, Butler Coffee Lab? Actually, my daughter came up with that. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So we were thinking about Butler Coffee. We were calling ourselves a whole bunch of different <laughs> adjectives, right? Um, she said, well, if we're a lab, because we're actually coming up with new inventions and new ways of doing this, which is what my old business was. So uh, she said, well, why not call it Butler Coffee Lab? And it stuck. When did this idea first come about? I'd say it's been noodled for almost a year. Okay. And actively, I'd say maybe six months. Okay. Six, seven months. This is a pretty short turnaround time. Yeah, well, we we delved into it. We threw a lot at it, and uh, we experimented and boy did we have a bunch of things that didn't work <laughs> you know it's not easy you know at it, 6 psi 187f you know going through a you know a Keurig machine uh, it's not easy to get something to dissolve or disperse and come out of that small hole in the bottom yeah. you know so you, you got to find the right ingredients so when you <laughs> when you start this what's the reaction when you have a bad cup that you're experimenting with i'm not you know so either the cups will explode right or it won't evacuate right and then it stops brewing that's really the the errors that happen and and when it comes to taste how did you guys try to refine on a taste so we tried a lot of different gram weights and particle size so when you grind your bean you try different particle sizes to see uh, what's going to work and not end up in the cup so if you look at the inside of any of these, I didn't bring one for you to see, but I That's will. Okay. <laughs> uh, inside of the cup, there's a filter. So if we buy the cups here in the States, it's maybe a, a 20 GSM grams per square meter, right? So it's relatively loose and you can see right through it. The one that we're actually getting uh, right now is about a 35 GSM. So it's very hard to see through it, which means that we can get by. It has more fill. So you, you can get by with a smaller particle size and still not end up in the cup. Mm. So we had to find the right filters. We had to find the right particle size. And then every bean is a little different. Yeah. So you have to grind them a little different. Our fill levels are about 12 grams. Okay. I, anytime I talk to people who are trying to come up with this, I, I'm amazed by the science behind it. Because it does, you know, some people think, eh, it's coffee, it goes through a filter, and that's the end of it. There's a lot of science and a lot of math, I guess, that goes behind uh, creating a a cup like this Uh, there is as a matter of fact we just tested a new grinding machine yesterday and even though it says it's fine and it's equal to the same grinder as we had it isn't so it's much finer i tasted that cup yesterday and it's way darker and way stronger so you might be able to get two brews out of it or Mm. you could easily do a 12 ounce if you want and still have a very strong cup of coffee again we're talking with terry kaiserman of the the butler coffee lab uh, so uh, uh, we've talked about the timeline. Is there any expectation when things, I mean, are you fully ramped up? What kind of, what, where are you guys at right now? We're not fully ramped up. Okay. We're, we're trying to be. We have maybe another two weeks, and then hopefully we've got four individuals that are coming in next week for interviews. The ARC is bringing them in. Wonderful organization, mm-hmm. right? They, they've got heart. 
So they're bringing in four individuals. We have a couple more that have asked for jobs. We just have to go through the interview. They have to sit down, actually work the machine, see if it's possible for them to do it or put on a label or some, something uh, simpler. And then at that point, if they feel they can do the job and they want to be there, we'd love to have them. And we're going to have you on uh, and Nadine uh, a couple times here throughout the rest of the month of April. And we're going to get into some of the employee talk and, and even more about your product as time goes on. But you said you're working with the ARC right now in terms of finding some of these employees? Yes. Okay. Yes, we are. And is that the plan going forward? Or Yes, you but know, you know okay. who's really helping us? Uh, Jennifer Bindernagel from the, uh, the uh, Association for the Blind. Oh, okay. Uh, she's a wonderful human being. She's been an inspiration for us. Uh, she's also a consultant with us at this point and is giving us some guidance in her community. And that's what we're looking for, is people that have been in the nonprofit sector to guide us, give us the best direction that we can be in. And Jennifer came up with something. You okay if I just talk yeah, just a second? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so Jennifer said, if we can train individuals to work and show that we can make a profit, we can be an entry-level organization. Other businesses that are around this area could actually come in and pull from the staff that we've already trained and will always be an entry-level group. Mm. So that way, whether it's Penn United, Butler Technologies already has some individuals there. They're wonderful you know, yeah. uh, people that have worked there for 30 years. If we can become that entry-level and then show businesses around here, hopefully we can get more disabled individuals employed. Well, the thing about, you know, as employers everywhere are looking for more workers, this is a great start to add into the worker pool for Butler. Jennifer told us there's more than 700 disabled individuals that are qualified as disabled individuals that are looking for a job now. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking to hire people, all you have to do is look in that area and you'll find somebody to match whatever your job description is. Mm -hmm. You just have to want to do that. So what have you found in the Butler community in regard to giving back? Oh, gosh. <laughs> There's a lot of people. That's a big open question, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that are giving back. Let me just uh, tell you a couple of things. I told you about Kayla. Uh, we, have, we have a gentleman that's on our street. Uh, he's a pastor, and he's a pastor in Cranberry. And he was just telling us about a lady there who... He, he asked the congregation to raise their hand who received a, a birthday card, right, from this lady. And everybody, but maybe a few, raised their hand because they care. She cares. If you find individuals that are in that category, right, and they're challenged individuals, you'll find heart. You're not going to find anger. You're going to find people that want to do a job, want to work, want to feel good about their, their daily existence and would love to earn some money. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna find most of the people here are that in that category. Yeah, and I mean, it's always amazed me with the Butler area, just in regards to full, you know, the philanthropic uh, ideals, I think, of this community. And this is, to me, just another type of business that is looking to fulfill that type of action. That's correct, mm -hmm. but there's so many others here. I mean, I go to Max Steiner. There's a gentleman there that's challenged. He does a fantastic job, and he's happy mm -hmm. doing that work. You know, you go to uh, Brother Andre's. It's a wonderful environment. It'll, it, your heart will swell. 
Do you ever get in a situation where you did something nice for somebody and your eyes well up mm-hmm. and you just feel good at that moment? It's just a pure feeling. That's how you feel when you help individuals mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. Now, not only everybody like you, me, but when you see the joy on their face, there's nothing better. What led you to settle in downtown Butler as a location for this? First of all, we wanted to get our certificate of occupancy in a location that we felt would be a centralized location. Uh, This is one of Joe Gray's properties, Mm -hmm. and uh, Joe is well known around this area. And he was kind enough, you know, to allow us to get into that old bus station. Uh, (laughs) We repainted it. Uh, My daughter's uh, boyfriend, Chad, actually did most of the work, and, and my daughter did the work. And it's ready to go. It's a, it's like a whole new, whole new place. Yeah. No, I think it's fantastic. And you know, love seeing where Main Street has come along too as well. And this is just another add into that mix. So again, we're here with Terry Kaiserman, Butler Coffee Lab. Uh, information. Uh, do you have when the website goes live? What is the website uh, name? Do you have that? ButlerCoffeeLab.com. That's pretty simple. That's pretty simple. <laughs> and it should go live really tomorrow. Okay. Very, very cool. So whenever people are going to be able to go online, they're going to be able to find more information about the product. Also, they're going to be able to do some ordering online as well. Absolutely. Okay. So the shipping and handling uh, aspect of it, logistically, what are some of the challenges there for you as, as the runner of this? So that's the interesting part of this. That's what's holding us up from launching the website, literally, okay. is, is uh, we, we work with ShipStation and we just have to put in all the data. I was just on the phone in your parking lot waiting to come in with USPS. And they offered us something that is a local service, which is half the price for shipping that normally would be if you do a flat rate, something like that. Mm -hmm. So our our challenge has been to find an inexpensive way to get our product to our customers. And that's, uh, I I guess, cost-wise, how do you guys look at cost whenever it comes to Butler Coffee Lab? in terms of you know making sure it's a fairly priced product well the first thing we did was we looked at what the market is today Mm -hmm. right and we know that we can't be above that price Mm -hmm. and then we started to adjust our costs now we're not going to make money right off the bat we're not buying our labels right we're not buying certain things correctly right Mm -hmm. because we can't get economy of scale until we get going but it's okay it's the way you start and then slowly but surely, as we start to reduce costs, the profits should go up and we should be able to hire more individuals. Yeah, this is, uh, to me, it's a very, I always enjoy talking to people and their passions in, in businesses and organizations. And the fact that this is a nonprofit to boot as well and the giving back aspect of it, I think is an admirable business venture uh, or in just a venture in the community as well. So as we go in terms of how many people, you, and again, we'll talk a little bit about this more in our next show, which is coming up on Monday. Monday. Uh, when you're going along in this business venture, how many folks would you like to employ? I mean, how, how do you view that model? So we feel that we're probably going to have a roster of about 20. Okay. But please keep in mind, if people are on Social Security, they can't earn that much. So some of the individuals may only be there four hours a day or two hours a week. It all depends. So the roster may be long, mm-hmm. but there may not be anybody uh, you know there that, that's working eight hours a day every single day. Uh, we will have uh, a lot of individuals, 25% of our, our individuals will be there on a 40-hour work week. Okay. Right? But the rest of them, it's going to be in and out as they need to be. So out of these cups that you have in front of us, is there a favorite? Uh, well, what are the differences, I suppose, between the two, and do you have a favorite? 
My favorite is French roast. Okay. All right. But there's a, there's a tremendous amount of uh, light, medium, and dark roast opportunities, additives that go into those. Uh, we have something called white coffee, uh, which they actually take it out of the roaster on the first crack, and it looks white. Really? Literally, it looks white. It tastes like peanuts, but it's almost one and a half times the caffeine because you didn't roast it out. <laughs> there you go. So <laughs> it'll get you going. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. But you have to have a, a, a taste for that, right? Mm -hmm. So we blend it with some regular coffee in order to boost the caffeine output if people want that. Okay. So the experimentation and, and the flavors, that's, I'm sure, one of the more fun aspects of the job. It actually is. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun, especially it, when you hit something really, really good. Mm -hmm. I, and we're going to continue on, and we'll talk a little bit more about the products later on this month next time we, we have you back. But I... I think this is really, really cool, folks, if you can see. So make sure you check out the website because I, these designs, as you mentioned, which were done through the Art Center, I think they're very, very neat. They're, I mean, they're just, it's, it's a cool idea overall because you're combining the Art Center, you're combining local artists, the, the idea of that cultural aspect of Butler, you're combining in the, the, uh, you know, the challenge folks, disabled folks in, in terms of employment. I, I commend you on this because I think it is a tremendous idea. Well, thank you. We're just trying to be part of the circle of giving within this whole area and everybody can, can be part of this if they want to. Well, Terry, thanks for stopping by. Thanks, Tyler. We'll uh, bring Nadine next time, won't you? I will. <laughs> I actually will. Thank you. So, again, we'll be talking with Terry and the Butler Coffee Lab here over the next couple of weeks, including coming up on Monday when we'll talk about some of the employees uh, that the Butler Coffee Lab employs. So, Terry Kaiserman of the Butler Coffee Lab, thanks again. Thank you. If you missed any of our show, you can check it out online, WISR680.com is the place to take care of that. I'm Tyler Frill saying so long. For now, you have attuned to your hometown radio station. The information and opinions shared on this program are solely those of our guests and do not necessarily represent those of WISR, the Butler County Radio Network, or its staff and employees.